I don't know. I still don't know which uh, Dracula movie that's from. I've been kind of going through them lately. I watched the 1931 Dracula with Bela Lugosi. I think it was 1931. And now we're doing Nosferatu, which is 1922. Um, this week, or this show, I guess. Um, and I want to watch... Uh, I think it's called Horror of Dracula next. That's with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Oh yeah, when that come out? Um, forty something. Oh really? Yeah. This is an older Lee picture. Yeah, when he's still a young chap, and you got Peter Cushing. You got Grand Moff Tarkin in there. Nice. You got Dooku. It's like a Star Wars movie. <laughs> um. Is that a good, is your list gonna include Bram Stoker's Dracula I've been, with Oldman? Yeah, that like that's been on my list for, to watch for like October for a couple of years now. Just because I like I hear it's so polarizing with people who watch it, so I'm a little uh, interested. I'm I, well, I'm pretty interested in seeing it, and it has like the gall to put you know the title be Bram Stoker's Dracula, so it better be accurate AF. I, like honestly, like the like Nosferatu, and I I saw some of Dracula with you. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they got the pretty, they got the gist of the story pretty well. It's in the original novel. It's just the Jonathan Harker goes to Dracula's castle. He's like, hey, you want to move to London? He's like, yeah. And they still got like the coffins of dirt and all that. So mm -hmm. it's like pretty accurate. Um, if we're comparing, I guess like Nosferatu. Did the Dracula movie have Van Helsing in it? Yep. Okay, this one doesn't. I thought um, that professor they just randomly show... That may be like the Van Helsing surrogate since this is a rip-off movie. Yeah, so Nosferatu basically, it was a German film. I didn't I didn't even know that until like you told me that before we recorded. Because I rarely look up or have the time to look up like stuff, yeah. production stuff. As, unless I really, really want to. Not that this movie wasn't good enough, but I just... Didn't really look it up. Supposedly, this is like a German expressionist film, with so like same movement as like Metropolis, which you like. Yeah. Seen, but yeah. Um, and oh, sorry. Oh yeah, and it's a bootleg movie. They didn't ask permission from Bram Stoker's heirs if they could make the movie. Um, they were just like, let's just change the characters' names. That's pretty much all they did, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. So Dracula is Orlock. Um, who was the main guy again? What did you say his name was? Hutter. Well, he's Hutter in... Uh, oh, and it, it, so he's Hutter in this. He's Harker. Harker. In the original. And then his wife's name is Ellen. And then I forget what her name is in the original too. Mina. Mina, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, th that's pretty much the main cast. Real oh, and then he has... Orlock has his little henchman. And his name was uh, Nock. Yeah, so then... So, that, so Count... Or I guess it wasn't Count. It yeah, was, it was like Count Lord, Orlock. No, but like for Knock. It was like Lord Knock or something. Yeah. Right? He was he was like um, Hutter's boss in this. Right. And then he's like, when Dracula's coming, he be, he gets corrupted. So he's like the Renfield in this, basically. Okay. Because like, when I watched Dracula, I was like, is Renfield just supposed to be like a wannabe vampire? Yeah, essentially. He's okay. basically just like a guy. Like in the novel, he's just a guy. He, his main like story purpose is just to show Dracula's influence. 
Okay. And he can, like, manipulate people and turn them crazy. And also, like, when Dracula's coming, he's he's kind of like a... He's, he's someone who trumpets his arrival and, yeah. uh, acting weird and eating mice and shit. Yeah. yeah. And that like and then in this movie too, Nock is like eating flies or whatever it was. Yeah. Like there's a fly buzzing around his room and he's like trying to uh, get it to eat it. Um I mean do we have to go over the plot? It's fucking Dracula. But No, the plot I will like I should do it quick. Like Hutter is in so it's Hutter. There's a man named Hutter and he lives in uh Walborg. Somewhere, yeah, some place in Germany. Yeah, uh, with his young wife Ellen, and you know he's an estate agent. And then one day, Count Orlock sends word that he wants to move to this to Germany from the Carpathians, and so Hutter makes the journey, uh, and then strange things start happening. Of course, it's because Orlock is a vampire, and then he makes his way, and it's kind of a the sort of second half of the film is sort of a race back to. Germany, mm-hmm. as Hutter tries to warn his wife and the populace of the strange monster who comes to feed on them. And very, like, fitting for the times, I guess. Like, the movie just draws a parallel to, like, Dracula and a plague. Like, yeah. they, they just think that what all these strange happenings are just a plague. Yeah. That's kind of interesting to see. Also, I guess this is important to note, too. So, they thought that they were just, like, renaming the characters, uh, but they got sued out of their ass, and then they had to destroy every copy, but obviously that doesn't happen. Like, like yeah, they, yeah. actually, they thought every copy in the world was just gonna, you know... Disappear? Yeah, no. It's too late. Um, so there are lots of prints or copies still laying around, all of varying quality. Matthew and I watched different ones, but the movie actually isn't, like, it's a black and white movie, like, it's monochromatic, but they did this thing um, when they didn't really have, when they didn't have color yet, where they would just do chemical tricks to change the color of the film. So they have, like, this kind of sepia yellow for day, and this is in the original version. The original wasn't black and white. Uh, they had, like, sepia for, like, day, purple, like, blue for night, purple for, like, kind of sunrise, sunset, and then, like, all sort of, like, interior shots were black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's a silent film, too. Um, so there's just, like, an accompanying score. My score was different from Matthew's. We really should have watched the same one but we both like the music in our respective movies so whatever well you know what the thing with the silent films is that when silent films were a thing in theaters they would have a man on the piano playing along with is that actually what they would do yes they would have like music accompanying it usually live because there was no audio uh, so I guess in this instance us having different uh, audio tracks or for the soundtrack is almost true to form. I guess so. I guess that's what other people would have had. Yeah. We can touch on it briefly since we might as well. I had, mine was scored, I watched a 2015 remaster, um, and it was scored by the Prague Philharmonic. It was great. Um, it was, it added a lot of dimension to the film, which is kind of why I'm kind of disappointed that it's not across the board. But it's a really great uh, score. It's very suspenseful. It's, it's sort of modern in the sense that, um, I was listening to it and thinking, was this a, was this really a composition from around the time? But mm-hmm. it, uh, it's really well done and it aids the film. Although I suppose this is a film you could watch like on mute or with no dialogue or, or I mean, there's no dialogue, but with no soundtrack and I don't know, maybe it'd be a different experience, but you get the gist of it. Yeah. One thing, again, because it's a silent film for their audio, for their dialogue, they'll just have intermittent like little um clips of 
just frames of text. Mm -hmm. Um, some, it was really weird. It didn't seem like properly balanced. Like for mine, some of the text like stayed on screen for a long ass time. That happened on mine too. I think that was just a thing they do. I noticed that for film, like modern movies, sometimes they'll have like a piece of, whenever there's some reading that needs to be done, they'll hold it for a while to mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I guess people of varying reading speeds be able to read it. Like if there's like, um, you know, just like a block of text. It's be, probably like a screen test thing. Yeah, it probably is. In this one, they go really, really long. Though, to yeah. the point where later on in the film, I was like, let me see how many times I can read this over. Yeah. And I'm reading it over, like, there are, like, very small snippets of text, and I'm reading them over, like, four or five times, and I'm like, damn. Which, I don't know, I guess it's a small qualm, given that this was, you know, part of the limitations at the time of the film's making. I, like, I almost thought to myself that maybe why some text was on screen for a long time is because... In real life, like the actors were just saying those lines in a really slow Man, way. Yeah. Like Orlock would be very dramatic and yeah. spacing out his words a lot. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's why it stayed on. But it is kind of weird now because, like, it, whenever there's text in a modern movie, it's basically on the screen just long enough so you can read the whole thing yeah and maybe you can read it like a little more a little more but it's just like just long enough yeah so maybe that's just kind of something that progressed over time or maybe it could have been my theory who knows yeah i mean you know what i think this is the first silent film we, we reviewed on the show yeah yeah uh, so i guess this is sort of uncharted territory for us but um surprisingly enough I didn't find the lack of the actual dialogue or sound effects, stuff like that, to um, actually, like, I assume that when I watched this film, I'd have a hard time capturing my attention. Mm. However, I think this film, I can see why this film was considered a masterpiece at the time. I like it. And why people consider it a masterpiece. I think it's a very good film. Is it the first horror film? I don't know if it's the first horror film. Um, that's a good question. I mean, what would have preceded this? I don't know. Was there... Well, let's just do a quick search, and we can... The House of the Devil, 1896. Fuck out of here. It's probably like five <laughs> minutes long. Like a trip to the moon, which like eight, 12 minutes long. Um... Anyway, yeah, yeah, and you know, that one was also made by George Melia, as it said there. So yeah, it's just one of those ones. Check to see when, like, the first... Full length? Yeah, exactly. Um... When you look up first full-length horror movie, um, The Haunted Castle, a two-and-a-half-minute short film. All right, Google, what did you mean by this? I'll find out later. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to say this is probably one of the first full-length horror films. Um, and it's it's so good. Um, the Dracula design is probably one that most people aren't familiar with. I think they parodied it in What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, uh, they do. Uh, which in that film, um, they have there's all those vampire roommates, and then one vampire roommate, whose name I think is some corruption or lock or something or something very close. He's like just this old guy that they don't bother, who's in like his coffin, like for, um, for like hours a day. Yeah. And, like they try not to let him out because when he goes out, like people die. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a scene where they let him accidentally, and like he just rips a dog to people in the yard, and they're like, oh shit, we gotta get him, we gotta get him. <laughs> 
So yeah, he's uh yeah yeah they they did in what we do in the saddles. Otherwise, people might know him from SpongeBob. Yeah, he's in the episode of SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, but his design is very like I gothic, I guess. Yeah. Um, most people are probably familiar with like the Bella Lugosi spinoff like looks, but his is. So he, number one, he's bald. He has two pointed like rabbit fangs because like the modern Dracula has like the big canine. Yes, he's, he usually has like perfect teeth and then like some very long canines. And yeah. the modern depiction of Dracula is like a gentleman with very clean cut. Well, that was like the Bella Lugosi yeah, Dracula. And, yeah, exactly. Um, he has like these big rabbit fangs, which makes sense because like it always bothered me how in horror movies. Or Dracula, some Dracula movies, like the bite marks were really close together, but they're canines, so they're like far apart. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. That doesn't make sense. But in this, they're close together, which looks good. Anyway, and so he's bald. He has like these huge dark eyes, pointed ears, he's got pointed ears, long fingers, um, big nose, and he's wearing like this really tight suit jacket. Yeah, and it it very it hugs his very slim figure. Yeah, um, he's got like these hilariously bushy eyebrows. Yes, that too. Like, aesthetics um and he his and he has a huge nose it's like huge hook nose you were telling me that i was like maybe or is anti-semitic yeah we might as well touch on that now yeah this was 1922 germany i think um the undertone of the film that a lot of people interpret is that um the fear of count orlock um is not only racially motivated in the sense that his depiction is anti-semitic but also, I guess you could see it as like Jewish people are a plague. Yes, that as well. Um, which honestly, and you were mentioning, you know, there's a lot of those kind of interpretations. Like in They Live, yeah, that's kind of a joke interpretation. Yeah. However, given that this was like filmed like 17, 15 years before people started getting put into camps, maybe <sighs> I would say that yeah, there might be some anti-Semitic threat to this. Yeah, that that's way more credible than They Live. That's that's just like four channels co-opting them, being like, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? They they don't know anything. One thing in this movie that um, I think does better than the Bela Lugosi Dracula is that you didn't finish that one, but you still kind of saw that in that one they really hammer in like the Dracula lore, and they add so many different rules about his powers and stuff. Like, you can't see his reflection. He can turn into a were uh, like a wolf. He can turn into a bat. Um, you have to drive a stake made out of, like, the wood of his coffin into his heart. He has to sleep in the dirt that he's buried in. He has mind control. He has, like, all these... I'm like, holy shit, man. like a Marvel Comics character. Yeah. He has a list of powers and weaknesses. It's too much. And, and the wolfbane. He's allergic to wolfbane. They do the garlic thing in it, too, the cross thing. And in this move, it's pretty simple. Um, they still have, like, Count Orlock sleeps in the grave that he was buried in. Or, um, they, I, there's no mention of him, like, turning into a bat. None of that mirror garlic, wolfbane, or cross stuff. In the Lugosi one, did they do the thing where you have to invite him in? No. No? Maybe, like, if I rewatched it, he only went into houses where he was invited. But I, that was never, like, explicitly said, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um... He, but the main thing is, like, he has, like, psychological powers in this movie. That's, like, the main thing. Yeah. Um, he, like, controls Ellen or kind of, like, I, there's this one scene, I still don't understand what happened, where when Dracula first meets Hutter, Ellen, like, tries jumping off the 
building. She begins acting very strangely yeah. uh, when Hutter encounters encounters Orlock, and I guess. And they and they they once again you're right they don't have any set rules like they don't make it very explicit and I kind of like that because uh, it kind of adds a little bit of mystery to Orlock and it kind of shrouds him in a little bit of suspense because you don't know what he's got up his sleeve. Mm -hmm. But in this, uh, yeah, when she when Hutter encounters Orlock, Ellen is possessed by something. I guess that they they refer uh, a lot to um shadows in the text portions we have mm -hmm. and the bird of death and other sort of very um sort of gothic illusions yeah and i think it's meant to be kind of vague because it's just dracula's powers that expand extend far beyond human understanding kind of thing mm -hmm. i like it a lot better that way because one problem i had with the lugosi dracula of which i saw half and other dracula adaptations is that like you're not really that scared of dracula because like you know him so intimately intimately that's a thing like when i was watching the lugosi stuff and like it kind of takes away from the movie because yeah. like i know his weaknesses already but that's not a problem with the movie it's just a problem with watching it now yeah i suppose still but we're locking this is a generally frightening figure yeah some people might like in 2020 see his appearance as like a little goofy i love it he's a he's a perhaps he's a little goofy when you get like a full-on shot of him and mm -hmm. like when it's not supposed to be suspenseful but there's so many great shots and stuff surrounding orlock and film i wrote a lot of it down like where he's standing on the boat and you get that full body shot of like his fingers yes exactly or that one great shot where he's in his tomb and then he just like i think he was on a board or something and he just like stands straight up yes uh, that there's so many great effects specifically yeah uh countering orlock um, you need to find your phone yeah i'm gonna find my phone maybe it's in your bag yeah. find those notes oh uh, right here okay i got those notes bro i didn't take i took very little notes i took some notes because there was some effects i want to highlight so there's a lot of cool effects surrounding notes for after number one uh there's a couple of times where he will fade in and out of frame Yes, sense, yep. like he'll fade in just to show his presence in the scene, and mm -hmm. then he'll fade out. Those things were very eerie. Yeah. Um. Does the thing when he rises? Uh, the classic of vamp. It's classic now, I suppose, where the vampire's lying down and he stands up with a, you know, without moving yeah. his legs or his arms or anything like that. Uh, there's stuff like that. There was one weird scene where early in the beginning of the film, and I can't remember if this is replicated elsewhere, but when Count Orlock picks up hutter and they're riding towards the mountain and there's some eerie music um the film is like photo negative i don't know yeah 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 and i thought that was a that was another cool effect it was it's kind of random because it's just in a shot of the caravan moving mm -hmm. up a hill and then it stops but it it's just another thing that adds to the sort of atmosphere of the film that was really great whenever orlock on screen is on screen and and kudos to the actor whose name i believe is max shrek do you want me to check? Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Um, he really sells Nosferatu and, and Count Orlock as a very, you know, frightening figure. He's, yeah. He's, it's really well done. Um, like, there's that scene where Hutter's, like, first falling asleep um, when he gets to the castle. Yeah. And then he just, like, comes in through the door. Do you remember that? In the beginning of the film, when... Say that again. Where, like, Hutter's first sleeping in the castle, and then, um... I'll just skip to it here. Oh, when he opens the door, yeah. and he sees... He just sees him standing there. Yeah, that, there's so many great shots like that. And one of the things that I really appreciated about this film is 
to me, it really does the silent film. You know, it uses this the silent film medium, I guess, if different from the regular film medium, um, to great effect. Because a lot of the times, and this is something that I noticed, and I kind of hate to compare it to a film that I half watched with you. <laughs> That's okay. But in that film, there was we noticed that the film dragged. There was a lot of scenes that held on these shots for seemingly no reason. Like with a show, Bella goes through with the lights on his eyes for like 15 seconds and just a silence and you're like, oh, And you're okay. just waiting and then it cuts to Harker and he's looking at Lugosi and you're waiting. <laughs> this has those kind of photo s stills where they'll just have a shot that holds for a long time but there's so many great ones in this film and I wrote some of those down too. Mm -hmm. um, there's one where when Jonathan... Or sorry, not Jonathan. When Hutter, mm -hmm. sorry, is sleeping in the castle, in which Nosferatu rises from the shed. Like you just see, you just see Hutter against the wall, but you see Nosferatu's shadow reach oh, out from yes. Hutter, and you see his yes. fangs and the outline of its head. It's a beautiful shot, and that holds for like a few seconds. They do that like at the end of the movie too, where like his shadow on the wall like grabs a door handle and yes, like opens and it up. up. That looks very nice. Yeah. When when um there's a shot when after Dracula has come so fucking Dracula. I'm gonna get all the shit mixed because it's just yeah, it's all the same stuff. When Orlock gets off a ship and like in Dracula, he commandeers a ship, eats everybody on crew and then takes off. Mm -hmm. Um there's one point um, after the ship is docked, and they're like, everybody's dead. And you just get this shot of the open cellar, and you see all these rats crawling out yeah. of it, and they're festering about, and like the hole, you don't see anything, it's just darkness. But it was just such powerful imagery because I don't know, it would just, it's like, a, it's like every frame of painting type stuff, really, yeah. where they really put care into each shot uh, in the sense that they're trying to, it's like something that he uses, uh, not like a promotional stuff, but it's something that, you know, it's evokes a certain feel in a scene and it's mm -hmm. very you know it really kind of encapsulate the whole moment or that specific feeling in the film mm -hmm. it's great there's a lot of stuff like that in the film um it's a really beautiful film like cinematography wise there's it's not like a super fancy thing of course because this is an early no quick cuts there's no quick cuts you see dracula like doing some kung fu like guys flying everywhere no um it's a pretty you know every shot is pretty head-on but you get some of those more artistic ones that are just um a beauty to behold and it was like seriously impressive for me because a lot of the times when i'm watching these legendary films and i guess you could easily throw this up there in the legendary grace of all time films mm -hmm. you know there's techniques and 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 set pieces that you know necessarily not have not aged well but the stuff in this is still provocative to this day there's like nothing that like they've they really knew what they could do and what they couldn't do and then yeah. they did what they could do well yeah like they didn't have him turn into a bat and then it's a plastic bat on a string that they're dangling across the screen they're just like okay well we can't we can't do this shit so let's just have really tight imagery and that's one another thing about the film that's impressive is that this film never really like stretches the bounds to the point where you can kind of like see budget constraints mm -hmm. or stuff like that like first of all for set piece and costuming wise this is really good yep um i noticed it particularly uh during a sequence when there's a ship out at sea and the first mate jumps off i think yes yep and i was watching that and i was like that 
I was like... That's probably a boat. That was a boat out to sea. Yeah. And it made me think of how limitations for films, uh, like, at this junction in history, when they didn't really have, like, film sets set up, kind of was, like, a good thing. Because then they had to make things more authentic. Because yeah. they would just go out and get horses in a carriage and roam through the Carpathians. Maybe not the Carpathians, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or they would just get a boat out to sea and then jump off it into the water. So it's completely authentic, and it looks great. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the costume. I don't know the story behind that. I mean, um, I think the film is set, supposedly, like, whenever the film is meant to be released. Like, You think it was supposed to, like, look like it was set in 1922? 1922? I think so, because... I don't think so. There's, like, no cars. Per, oh, the maybe everything's like and they have like no I don't think it's supposed to be well the thing with the thing with Dracula the novel is that it came out in 90, 1897 so it would have been like 25 years only before I, the I film. think it's supposed to be set in like 1897 yeah yeah cause there's just like there's no cars everything's like boat or horse they still have like those guys drumming in the town circle being like hearey hearey oh yeah that guy yeah. yeah and like the co- the the clothes just are not I mean, I wasn't alive in 1922, but I, I'm going to say that it, that isn't 1922 clothing. Maybe it is. So. Could be 1922 Germany clothing. I really yeah. don't know because I'm not a historian. But um, uh, either way, it's um, it's all done in a very authentic way of costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, it all looks really good. I mean, it, they don't really look like costumes. They just look like clothes. Like, like clothes. Yeah. Yeah, and the, you know what I was thinking about the other day, like how people are like, how did they find this scary? This is this is so cheap. I get, like there's films we watch where I I'm like I agree, I agree now, but you have to remember that like back in the day, twenties, thirties, whatever, they didn't have the internet. There were no like you can just look up. How did they do this effect? Yeah. Like, there were no answers. Nobody had any fucking knowledge about movies at all. Nobody knew about, like, how to do prosthetics. And now, like, because we just, we can know anything. We just can look at anything up. Like, how did they make the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars? Back in the day, it's just like, how did they do that? I don't know. It must have been, like, is it real? Yeah, I guess. That's why, that's why at this time in history, you had a lot, like, you had, I guess this would have been around the time of, or like ten years later, like that World War or um, the War of the Worlds thing, where they were like, "Oh my God, this was real." Apparently, that's fake. That's, although supposedly that was fake, but, but it's still. I understand the idea. Yeah. yeah, like when Frankenstein came out or anything like that, they're like, oh, "How did they do that? Like, how do they make him look like that? He has like a square head and bolts on his neck. Like, how do they do that?" You almost yearn for a time when you could watch a movie or something about it and be like, "What?" Like, I mean, that was... You as a like, kid. Even, like, when Star Wars came out, it was like that. It was like, what? Like, yeah. That now, <laughs> the luster, I suppose, is gone because you can do anything with computers. But you know what? Like, the comp- the CGI, and I, I don't want to be that guy, but... CG- no soul. No, it's not no soul. But it's kind just, of, though. Whenever you see something so extravagant with CGI, it almost takes me out of the movie because I'm like, that's just CGI. Yeah. Whereas, like, practical effects, like Orlock just putting bushy eyebrows on a guy, shaving his head, it's just like, that could be a person. Yeah. But, like, watching, I don't know, Doctor Strange, I'm like, nothing in this movie, like, it's just, it's too much. Upon review, that movie's not very good. No. (laughs) I remember when that movie came out, 
I, I was trying to tell you. We, we, yeah, and then I, I came to school the day after I saw it, and I was like, that movie's awesome. And you were like, hey, actually, that movie sucks. Classic. But yeah, that's the thing, like, with old, uh, horror, old horror movies just had that charm, and that's all I've been watching. This, yeah. This, uh, we just finished with The Mummy, uh, which was also really good. Um, they all kind of follow the same formula, which I try to say, but they're so, they're, they're great. I love this one. I love this one too. There's one scene, it's a scene right now, I don't know what the hell the purpose of it is, other than to just draw a parallel. I really like, and that was, oh yeah, I didn't even write that in the notes. This is another thing I like, is these scenes that, uh, in which you have the professor, what's his name? It's like Barwell or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they just, he just teaching students in a laboratory or lecture setting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just meant to be like parallels with the story and it doesn't really connect with the story. It just shows them a Venus flytrap. And it, and it shows it closing a spray, but the imagery is powerful and it's, and it's, I mean, it may be obvious, but, uh, especially in this point in the film in which they're still waiting for drag count Orlock to arrive. And that's a lot of the film is just the suspense and Orlock's arri eventual arrival, mm -hmm. but it's just done so effective and so well that, um, it holds up. I have one little bone to pick with this movie. Um, and that's, I think the ending's kind of weak. Um, I'll agree. It's a little abrupt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's nowhere near as abrupt as the universal monster Dracula. movies all of them they end so abrupt it's insane you wouldn't believe it it's just like the monster dies end of the movie that's it uh, like dracula will die end of the movie yeah it's a universal picture the end and it's just like oh that's what we want to see monster Shit. dead all right i'm out of here let's go <laughs> like, there's no cool down it's just like incident uh and i appreciated that in this one it was a little slower but still like uh, I kind of, I vaguely forget what the the climax of the movie. I'll is. tell you the climax. Yeah. Um, so Count Orlac, uh, he he makes his way to. Oh, I remember. But okay, keep going. Here's what happens: is that Hunter's with his wife, and, and then he says, and I don't know. I guess they can feel uh, Orlac's presence coming. Yep. So he goes to fetch Mister Priest, man. You know, help us ward away these bad spirits, mm -hmm. and he leaves Ellen alone. Big mistake. As bait. As bait. Big mistake. Orlac comes in through the window. We get a great shot of him at like the foot of the bed. He just his head is poking out of the shadows. We see one of his hands. Another great shot. There's so many great shots in this film. Yeah. Um, he gets snacking. He eats up Ellen. All right. Uh, and then he looks out the window and it's sunrise. And he goes ah, and then he dies. Yeah. And he just disappears. Turns into ash or whatever. Yeah. And then. Hutter arrives and he's like, Ellen, no. And she, she's like, she looks at him and then she passes and then he's crying. And then the last shot of the film is you just see the priest outside the door and he just kind of has a look like, hmm. <laughs> I'm not really sure what they were going for there. And that's the last shot of the film is like on this priest and then the film ends. And then the end. Yeah, because like in this movie, they maybe i'm wrong here maybe it was in one of the text portions uh did they say like dracula could create or orlock could if he bit someone they could potentially become a vampire no they don't have that okay. in here he just like bites people and then eats them and, yeah like and drains their blood and then they die yeah okay because then maybe the last shot was like the priest like maybe we can bring her back oh a little uh 
you're, you're thinking of reanimator when yeah. he's to do the resuscitation and he gets a little bit of reagent. Yeah. I was no, thinking something like that. I don't think it's that. I think it's just like, and then the movie ends. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it is weirdly abrupt. I don't know if at this, I don't know if at this point in time they just didn't know how to end movies yet or <laughs> what was going on. Dude, when this is done, I'll show you the ending to one of the, those Universal Monster <laughs> movies. Gives you a whiplash. It's like, gee, oh, shit. <laughs> And then the movie's dead, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a sad ending because his wife dies, but then it's like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it doesn't lack. I, given how good this movie was and, and the suspense and the atmosphere, you think the climax would be a little bit more memorable. But, yeah, the movie kind of ends. Yeah. Um, thinking back to, a, like, the Venus flytrap, and, like, they also have, like, the Medusa scene where they have that little polyp flown around yes. and then the spider it's like eh, it's kind of like a precursor to like the imagery they would use in texas chainsaw massacre yeah when they show like, like the spiders and roadkill and stuff like that yeah exactly yeah, i guess that's i guess that's why they put it in there but it is kind of i i really like the van helsing character and i think a lot of people do which is why they always now have like the van helsing uh, because he's just like the perfect, I guess you, would you call him an antagonist? Van Helsing? Yeah. No, he's like a, like, would you call him like Dracula's villain or would you say Dracula's a villain to Van Helsing? Well, like, like in a traditional form, Van Helsing would be like the protagonist or dude, right? Dracula is the villain. Okay. Um, the nice thing about Van Helsing um, is that it's a convenient way to turn the Dracula mythos into action-packed vampire hunters. <laughs> That's remember, true. Do you remember that like movie that came out in the two thousands called Van Helsing, and it was just no. him like beating up punching monsters? Oh yeah. No. Well, oh god. That's on the list, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah, on it, the cult movie list. No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe I hope not. But it, like in the book, yeah, Van Helsing was just like this like nice doctor guy. Yeah. And, it was, and they would, like, he, there was even part of a joke in the book was, like, because they were all English, right? And he was Dutch. So th he was kind of, like, the funny foreign guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I like I like him in original adaptation stuff. But when he's just Vampire Hunter, he's not as cool. What, what was it? I watched some shitty vampire movie. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire yep. Hunter. Yep, that's what it was. Based. I watched it at Anthony's place. How good was it? Fuck, I don't remember. I don't even know if we finished. It was so long ago. Yeah, that... But, and I... I mean, the Twilights. Classic. That's just, uh, that's just like... I, a kitsch vampire. It's just it's just yucky boo-boo. It's just kitsch vampire stuff where it's like... They just made a line. It's, it's literally Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. Written that, on a Blackberry. Yep. That, she was like, hmm, what if we just make this about vampires? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Funny. <laughs> yeah, but I love this movie. I oh, I don't know if there's a really clean version of it out there, but I would love to get my hands on like a really clean Blu-ray or something. I'm satisfied with the 2015 remaster. Maybe you should watch that one. Like, It's not like, like whoa, nine-day difference, but it's a, it's a pretty clean version of the film i'm sure all the master tapes were destroyed yeah probably because those were probably in possession of whatever studio or whatever and they were like 
destroy those. Yeah. I'm guessing the surviving copies were just whatever copies. was distributed to Sur cinemas. Yep. Yeah. And you can't, t you can't like, if there was like dust on the original and then they have a copy with the dust marks on it, you can't there fix it is, that. Yeah. So the, a lot of the film grain will stay. Yeah. Or like acid burns or anything. Like you need the original tapes to, yeah. to clean them up. Other than that, it's just going to be digital and then people are going to complain that it's digital and that you, um, that pixel's the wrong color. Whatever. Yeah. You, what? You, that's not authentic restoration. Although, like, Criterion does stuff like that where they have to, like, for, like, acid burns, they do digital... Restoration? Yeah, yeah. I like that doesn't doesn't bother me. I mean, like, that's probably... That's what Harmy's doing for, like, these specialized yep. editions, right? So, if you... Look, it's either... I don't know. Who... who there's some restoration nerds out there who probably are annoying. And I want to read a book about film restoration. Yeah. Or just a really good... Um, documentary or the something. process is interesting i always that's why i like to look whenever i find out there's a remaster i like to see like what's been done i like the yes there's some cool stuff like when we did reefer madness i thought it was cool like when they did the remaster when they almost did like a remake not a remake of the film but like when they added that 420 subliminal messaging or when they had the smoke colors that kind of got me interest got me interested into the whole restoration thing it's kind of cool apparently there is a colored version of nosferatu like full color? Yeah, that someone made. Mistakenly did. Yeah, here, I'll see if I can find a, a frame. Impressive, but unnecessary. Yeah. Ooh. That just might. I'm going to assume that's just like a. Where? Let's see. That is very impressive, if so. Uh, okay. I saw a news article about it. Maybe it was fake. I thought it was real. Um. Yeah, that'd be a pain. What? Oh, yeah, they did a remake, and there's all... Oh, God. They did a remake, of course. And there's a new remake in the works, supposedly, as of, like, four years ago. Um, let me take a look. Hitting a theater near us probably soon. Probably not. Yeah, uh, with Robert Eggers writing and directing, it's been put on hold. Um because probably COVID. But he's the guy, you know what? Of all people to remake the film, I think the guy who helmed The Witch and The Lighthouse yeah. could have been a worse pick. Yeah, I mean, he could knock it the fuck out of the park. But it's on hold, so don't get your hopes up too much. But in the meantime, this this version will do. <laughs> the Lighthouse was so good. I didn't watch it yet, damn it. Willem Dafoe in that? Oh my God. Should have gotten an Oscar though? I, that list I sent you, I didn't know that Samuel L. Jackson never, never got an Oscar. I think his own, I could be wrong, but I think his first nom was, he got a nom for Pulp Fiction and he lost to, uh, I don't know, it might have been whoever was co-starring at Forrest Gump. Um, Forrest Gump beat up Pulp Fiction for Best Picture, I remember that in 94, which uh, upon a further review... Cringe moment? Is, yeah, a cringe moment. Yeah, this movie's really um, inspired by Forrest Gump. You could really see its inspiration there. No one says that. You know what they say? Tarantino inspiration here. All, all, any film that has mentally handicapped character going on inspirational journey, that's all influence felt from Forrest Gump. <laughs> so you should take that back. Was that a book first? 
Yes, it was. Doesn't he go to the moon or something in the book? Too, yeah, in the, or... in the book, he goes. He's like an astronaut, and he goes. He does a couple of other outlandish things. And there was a sequel to the book, but nobody like knows about. I only found out the book is this because I went on the Wikipedia for Forrest Gump, and it said based on a novel. And I was like, oh, really? And I click on that. And did, is he friends with Elvis? I've never seen Forrest Gump. You never seen it? No. It's a it's a pretty good movie. I like he, he, people give a shit, and it's a huge cultural touchstone, or whatever. And it is a little cheesy, but I think it's a good movie. In the um, in the movie, Elvis teaches him to dance. Because oh, that, yeah, yeah. He, because I think that's when he has the crutches and can move your hips. Yeah, move your hips instead of your legs. Yeah. Um, I must have had I must have had me twenty Dr. Peppers that day. I'll show you that scene later. Yeah. Forrest Gump, is that a cult classic? Too popular, I think. And too recent. What about, what was his name, Applejack? Or, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Who, what's Ben Stiller's fictional role? Simple Jack. Simple Jack. You m m m m make me happy. That one, yeah, that definitely falls under cult category. Just waiting for Tropic Thunder to hit that cult. Just waiting for it to hit the first IMDb cult film list. As soon as that entry is made, we will review it on the show. Definitely. You know what reference they have in Tropic Thunder? What? Star Trek reference. When? When Ben Stiller's uh, camping out and he has his iPod, he's watching Arena. Oh, he's watching Arena. Yeah, I remember that. That's so funny. That is pretty funny. And he's watching it on like an iPod classic. Yeah. Do they still make iPods? I don't. I think the iPod Touch has been discontinued because everybody has an iPhone, including yeah. kids now. So yeah. it's kind of wasted time. I don't know if they still make the iPod Classic. I want to say that one is also discontinued because also like the. I feel like the appeal during the mid two thousand was like a it was classic and b it was still like the thing if you want to just put a shit ton of songs on it. Yeah. But now streaming service, the streaming service, and also like phones have a lot of storage. So I would assume that it's not. In, Nothing. Are iPads still a thing? Oh, yeah. iPads are still a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I never got got the iPad. They got the yearly updates. They got the iPad Pro. They got the iPad Mini. The iPad, it's, what's the appeal? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Truth be told, I guess if you want to read on it, it's good for old people because it's bigger. I guess. So, uh, I, I cannot really see doing any business on it, but some people do. It's good for uh, retail stores when they have the iPads as the uh, checkout thing, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, I like this movie. Did you know that one time Steve Jobs said, we'll never make an iPad mini because why? Because you can just get an iPhone, and then they made an iPad mini like a few years after his death. <laughs> Was that a fuck you? It was kind of a cool moment, you know. It was kind of a way of blazing their own trails. Not that the movie had to do this explicitly. I really like that they have it in acts. I think it's five acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time they end like perfectly. The mu- music always just like fades out and like fades back in. Yeah. Like they, it didn't. They didn't need to. I don't even know if that was a staple. I don't remember there being axe in like Metropolis. I think that's just a. Ho- I, I think the axe stuff is just a holdover of theater. Okay, I'm so glad you said that because it reminded me of something. I was watching this movie with Kaylin, and she was like, why is everyone's expressions so, like, expressive? 
Yeah. And I told her that's probably a carryover from theater because when you're doing theater plays, you have to be extremely fucking expressive so everyone in the back can still see, see your expressions. That's where like those old masks came from yeah. uh, with the huge smiles and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's definitely a carryover from from just theater. And I like the expressions in this. I like that everybody because they have to be so expressive has they're almost like caricatures and that like of the st- of certain stock characters like the ship guys are really di- you know dirty mm-hmm. tipping their hand or smoking their pipes or whatever uh and then hutter in this film and i guess we didn't really talk about the performances but i really like hutter's whoever plays hutter in this film i like his performance because it's like it's almost manic <laughs> yeah it's very manic there's a couple instances in, in things there was a couple like um instances at the beginning of the film when he's like smiling and laughing and it, and he looks like the joker yes yeah uh, like one and one of my favorite moments of the film is when he's given a board like a room uh, on his travel to count orlock's castle earlier when he's at the bar he's like bring more food i gotta go to orlock and they're like orlock you can't go and he's like ah fish boss then he gets into his like little cabin and he opens this book called of map of vampires <laughs> monsters ghosts and other shadowy figures and he reads like all the shit and he reads all the stuff about nosferatu and it was like almost a comedy mode because he reads it and then he's like <laughs> and tosses it and, yeah and no and then, then the next day he opens it again reads the cover <laughs> laughs again tosses it puts his clothes on he's such a character in this film Everything he does is dramatic, uh, pretty well done. I guess the only like other major like acting performance in this would be Ellen, who's like on screen for a significant. Oh, besides Orlock, who yeah. we touched on. Um, Ellen, Ellen's is, is actress does a fine job. I mean, most of the movie she's just looking possessed and wide eyed and, and pale as she's under you know Orlock's spell. But um, it was Hutter in particular that I really liked his performance, and it kind of made me. And it, and it was another thing that was like, for me, was taking advantage of the silent film medium was just that they have these super expressive characters. I don't know. It just kind of added to the film. Yeah. Know. One scene I forgot to mention that I really liked is when they come, when the ships finally come back and there's like all these guys and they go over the, like the ship's logs because they're like, what the hell happened? And they're just reading the pages. It's like... Guy is acting strange. Um, next page, like, guy dies. We're finding mice everywhere. And I just, like, I like reading uh, about, like, the dread. Because they can't yeah. really show too much of it. Exactly. So then you just have to read about it. And then they're, they're like, this. they brought the plague. Everyone leave this room, like, immediately. Yeah, they're, like, leave the room. Go call the, like, they go to talk to the mayor. Like, get it, shut the shit down. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all that. Like, I really, really liked that everyone in this movie, because, like, the Bela Lugosi one, it's like, Van Helsing comes and he's like, oh, it's Dracula, and this is how we defeat him. And in this movie, like, everyone outside of Hutter and Ellen is just like, it's a plague. Yeah, and that's the other thing, is that, and then they even, like, they even get, there's like a, not a red herring, but they falsely suspect Knock of being like the reason that yep. the plague is here and then yeah. go on a witch hunt for him. Yeah. But throughout the whole film, Orlock, besides those town people who know of him and know not to go to his castle, um, he's like a shadowy figure that eludes everybody except for Hutter. 
Mm-hmm. And that and that's another reason why like the back half of the film when it's kind of a race of time, race for time is like even more suspenseful because there's nobody else helping him. It's just Hutter versus Nosferatu. Yeah, mono e mono. Um, there's just one other weird thing. Maybe you know the answer to this, but Orlock he wants a house that doesn't have any residents in it, and Caitlin was like, "Wouldn't that be any house that you're buying?" And I was like, "I'm pretty sure like at the time." Like, people were just living with a bunch of other people. Yeah, well, like, people would live in, like, uh, estates, and they would just have rooms for rent and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, too much in particular, but I guess that was just meant to emphasize that he wants to be alone. Right. Because he's... Well, yeah. And they also kind of... They forget about his servants in the movie. They don't really mention that. They at don't all. have him when he arrives in, and when Hutter arrives yeah. late. Orlock says, "You're late. The servants are asleep. It's already midnight." Yeah, I don't know if that's because they didn't want to have servants or they were just like whatever. But yeah, it could be a budget thing. Could just be they wanted the story to be as focused as possible. Oh, and in fact, that implies that perhaps there are no servants because Orlock is the one that brings him to the castle, right? Well, one thing that confused me is when he goes on his boats. He brings six, like, coffins of dirt. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need six? Why does he need six coffins? I don't know, just more dirt. I guess because I guess because he's going um, to a land where that's all the dirt he'll have, whereas at his castle, he's got, like, all his burial dirt. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the number has significance, if that's what you're thinking. Like, I, I don't know if... Like one a servant would have potentially have been in there. I don't know. Oh, maybe, but I mean, in and in the novel, and I think in the movie, uh, Dracula has like three wives yep. that kind of run around. Yep. Uh, so maybe that was the implication here. But remember, this isn't Dracula. Uh, <laughs> this is a completely separate <laughs> film. Like the Bela Gozi Dracula is like very sexy. <laughs> nice. Like. Caitlin said that too, and I I think it's like on purpose. And what, the one thing that I do like about that Dracula movie is that Bella Gozi's performance is just like so unlike any other character's performance, where he's just like this hot as fuck Transylvanian dude. Yeah, and he's like, oh, <laughs> come very, with me. Very nice blood in your veins. <laughs> is that one funny moment where Orlock in this movie is like, your wife's neck is like so beautiful. Your wife, she has a lovely neck, and the guy looks at him like, mm, okay. that's a weird compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass it along. <laughs> just gonna take that at face value. <laughs> and, and then this Orlock is just straight up just like, he's just a horror movie character. Yeah, he's just a horror movie villain. He's, he's just evil. He just eats a lot of people. There's a scene, in, and he kills a lot of people in this, cause there's a, and there's another great shot mm-hmm. in this film when Alan looks out the window and just through the cobblestone see, uh, streets, you just see this procession of people carrying coffins yeah. of people that Orlock has, has sucked clean. So, yeah. And I, last thing I'm going to say, because I'm scraping in the bottom of the barrel here, I just thought this is interesting. This movie kind of... Um, this movie story begins before the Belagozi story does. The Belagozi Dracula is like starting when um, whatever his name is arrives. Like is just just before he's arriving. Like oh, he right. goes to that town. He's like, can someone give me a ride to like Dracula's place? And they're like, no way, man. And he's like, just give me a ride. They're yeah. like, okay, we'll take you this far. And he's like, all right. And everyone in the town's like, that guy's done. And this movie, we get like 20 minutes before that. 
When yeah, it's almost it almost feels like for the for that for the universal one, it's like they kind of expect you to know the story is Dracula. Or maybe I guess for this one, maybe because they were presenting it as its own film, they they're like, "Oh, here's Hutter and his lovely wife, and they love each other." He gives her some flowers, <laughs> and they have some laughs, and then we get into the story. Yeah, yeah. and she she Hel- Ellen like makes this comment about the flowers. She's like, "Why did you kill these flowers?" She's like, "Why? Yeah, why would you kill?" I was these like, "Kind of a buzzkill, lady. Brighten up a bit, Christ." And then after that, he he get, Hutter gives a little laugh and they embrace. And I think that I think it's meant to show that that's how sweet Ellen is. Like. She's such don't a even sweet woman. Yeah, don't even kill these lovely flowers. She's just a gentle soul. I just thought she was a buzzkill. <laughs> that is kind of a buzzkill. Like you eat flowers, and that's what you. <laughs> and it wasn't like a. It was like a playful comment. She looked genuinely sad. Yeah. It's like, jeez, man. Like, just how you gonna be? Maybe a thank you or yeah. something. And um, I, I don't know. There's just so many good little dialogue pieces where Hutter first goes to Orlock, and after his first night, he's like writing Ellen a letter, and he's like, "The mosquitoes here are like terrible." <laughs> the mosquitoes thing is hilarious. Do saw bite marks on his neck and then laughed and chalked it up to mosquitoes. <laughs> Happy go lucky guy. He's wild. You got bags? Yeah, I got bags. I'm gonna give this one four bags. Okay. Um, not quite a five bagger because I. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it's just not Hall of Fame material yet. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do some research and find whatever the best possible version of this movie is and scoop that up. Yeah. I do want to find one, though, that still keeps the colors, although they like can be a bit cheesy. I just am kind of like a purist. The, the colors were in my version that was remastered, so it'll probably be in whatever version you get. Yeah. Yeah. I... I, I, I I, it's cool. Uh, you wouldn't get like that negative camera effect, really, if you didn't have the colors, probably. Yeah. Maybe you would see it still, but not as clear as like that really like blue and whatever else. It look looks it great. It's just like an uncanny, otherworldly look when it has like the blue tint and the photo negative effect. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, next week was not they live, but the thing. The thing. Uh, and then after that, what was our last pick? I don't know. Check the list. Dude, know the list. Why do you know the list? I, you wrote the list. Well, Get out of here. Okay, let's just look up the thing. Oop, not new message. I'm not sending a text to the thing. Uh, oh, wait. No, I've said the thing too many times. Uh, no, Ratu will look up. And no, that was you asking me at one a.m. yesterday if you want to watch the movie. <laughs> and da, 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 da. oh, Halloween! Very nice. That's an excellent pick. And that's gonna be when. So that'll be the twenty-sixth. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's gonna be a good one. We're gonna also play through the thing video game, <laughs> which is the canon sequel. You still wanna do the double feature? If I can, if I have the time, I'm gonna watch the thing 1984. Something two, three, four. Uh, first, oh, 1982. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, 1982. Um, I'm gonna watch that first, and then if I have time, I'll watch the 2011 version. Uh, Lookhouse. What the fuck is that? It's from the 2011 one. I don't know why it says that. Because the 2011 one is just CG. Yeah, and he's and it's super scary. 
Oh, the practical effects are so good. Watching, if we watch both films, it's going to be like the ultimate comparison of practical versus CGI, which might be unfair because obviously the practical effects in the original are legendary. Mm-hmm. I don't think the CGI effects are legendary in 2011. They had practical effects for the 2011 one, and they CGI'd over them. Really? Yeah. Like, they completed the film, and then they CGI'd over Something it? like that. They, I, I, There's just one classic scene where, like, this guy's face, like, splits in two or whatever. Um, okay, wait. In the 2011 one? Yeah, and then they, like, CGI'd over it. Is there a practical effects cut? Like, they made so many cool models. Like, this was practical, and then in the movie, they, like, CGI'd it. And if you see it, it looks so bad. The CGI is just aged, like, piss. Yeah, click on that. Yeah, that looks... Yeah, that looks... When the motion blur comes out, you know it's gonna look good. That looks really bad. That looks like PS3 shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is CGI relied too heavily upon in today's movie? Yeah, they need they need to do the half and half. The half and half? Yeah, like in like in Jurassic Park, the <laughs> T Rex was was these half practical, half CGI, where they would do stuff like the they'd have that practical head go near the car, and then it would like go away, and then they'd have a CGI T Rex walk by. Like ideally, if Budget permitting, you just do all practical and then you just fix things with CGI or like you do the things that are just impossible to do with yeah. CGI. Yeah. However, as I think we said last week, it's cheaper now to do yeah. CGI only because computer graphics don't cost as much as... And you don't have to clean up and... You don't have to pay any... Yeah. Well, you have to pay somebody to do it, but... I mean, like, you know how to have a actor's makeup artist. Yeah. yeah, it's just one guy on a computer going, beep, boop, bop. <laughs> and that's not to take away any credit from CGI artists, because that's art too. However, yeah. um, it's not as cool. Like, in a perfect world, close-ups would be practical, and, like, far-off distance stuff would be CGI. Yes. The closer you get with CGI, the more, like, the human eye can just pick up bullshit. But just wait until we were out of the uncanny valley, and then... It's going to be more real than real life. Then there will be some pretty immoral shit happening, probably. Like, remember when deep fakes were taken off and, like, people made deep fake porn? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't cool. Oh, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome, though. <laughs> you can see, like, fucking. I don't even know. <laughs> It'll be cool, though. It'll be sick. It will be sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, CGI can work. I don't want to say, like, all CGI is bad, but... It's... That looks hilarious. And just practical is future-proof. We're like brothers, only closer. <laughs> is that Super Mario Brothers? I think so, yeah. Yes! Oh, God. Oh, what's, like, um, Mummy 2... Or was that Mummy 3? Are you thinking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Scorpion King? Yeah, was that Mummy 2? I think so. One of them. Oh my god. I actually don't mind the Brendan Fraser Mummy 1 or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time anyway. I watched it a ton as a kid because it would just always be on. On I don't, TV? Yeah, I don't know if it was age appropriate. The Brendan Fraser movie I watched all the time when I was a kid because the DVD was Looney Tunes back in action. 
That's what? That's when we haven't seen that. No. It's just like a it's like a live action hybrid movie where the Looney Tunes are running around and it's got Brandon Fraser in it and they go to Vegas and it's got I have no idea what this got movie Steve is. Martin as like an evil scientist guy and it's kind of a dog shit film. I just know the basketball one where that Space hot, Jam where that hot bunny is strong oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. And he says, put on your Michael Jordan, let's go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac. The Mick Jordan burger. You see the J Balvin burger? I just told you about that, right? You know no. who J Balvin is? No. Neither do a lot of people, but he's got his own meal too. You want to know what it is? How do you spell his name? J space Balvin. Like Balvin? J Yeah, but like the letter J, but that works. Right, his meal is a Big Mac and fries and a McFlurry. Okay. What's idiosyncratic about that? Well, pretty unconventional to get a flurry instead of a drink and completely omitting the drink. So you're telling Who me... Who is this? He, uh, you know, he's probably been on some pop songs that you've heard before. Is he alive? Oh, yeah, he's alive. Well, he's still working. He's a celebrity, Lucas. I've never heard of this in my life. Is this you drinking a McFlurry? You can't do that. It's too thick. It's What is this? This guy's trolling. Okay, so he had one, Travis Scott had one, and Michael Jordan had one, right? And that's it? Yeah, that's it. But I, I guess because they have the second one, they're just going to be having a lot of a lot of celebrity deals. I can't wait. What would it, what would the Lucas uh, Newsteader meal look like? Really depends on the night. Yeah. Well, like like the other night, Anthony's, I got a 10-piece chicken nugget, two spicy habanero sauces, uh, fries, drink, and a... Uh, uh, Sausage and egg, no cheese, McMuffin. For me, it'd probably be like a bacon and egg, McMuffin, large fries, medium shake, vanilla. That's that's that. If I just have to put into a meal, that's the meal. If I had to, if I had to pick one, it would be Junior Chicken Sub Ranch, add bacon, McDouble with mayo, and a medium Coke. Where's the fries, Lucas? Dude. Okay. I'm sorry. Fuck the McDonald's fries. Fuck the McDonald's fries, man. These stringy noodle ass fries. And like sure they that? don't give you ketchup. I'm not I'm not eating the fries with no ketchup. I'll I'll throw them out because they're so salty. It's How about so with barbecue un- sauce? What? No. It's so unbearable. The other day we go through the drive-thru for AW. We get like this family pack for the three of us and they give us four orders of fries. Not a single <laughs> pack of ketchup. And I said, Matthew, turn the fuck around. I'm getting ketchup or I'm not eating these fries. I'm just not doing it. These thick-ass, salty fries, my mouth is going to be taste by the end of the night. The f- f- ketchup or the mayo, because when I'm at home, I put it in a dish, ketchup, mayo, yeah. and sometimes like some spices, mix that all up. Like that's so good. Yeah. Even mayo itself is probably better than ketchup. But the little bit of lubricant... Keep- Jalapeno. I don't know if you can hear that, but my sister's bird's going crazy. Um, that little bit of lubricant, it just makes the fries go down easy. Without that, fuck, and fuck the McDonald's fries. It's so much. It's so much fry. Excuse me? A medium fry, dude, is like not an individual portion. Maybe if you're a fry lightweight. Like, okay. I eat a lot of food. No, it's not like... It's not too much calories. It's just too much of that shit. Excuse me. 
Look, McDonald's fries, are they good? Not really, and I don't understand the hype around them. However, I need to have fries with my burger. It's just a rule. Yeah, like, when you're getting good fries, McDonald's fries fucking suck. <laughs> they suck. They suck. I don't think Blood. they're... They're, they're definitely the thing on the McDonald's menu that's the farthest away from food. I, just, yeah. I don't think they're made with potatoes. There's something else going on in there. This <laughs> is fucking... So gross. I don't know. I, I really... I don't get the fries that often anymore, and every time I do now, I'm like, I wish I didn't. So I'm going to just try to omit it permanently. Yeah, I don't know. Like $3 for a junior chicken now. McDonald's, I'm almost done with you guys. It's like three oh nine for like a McDouble or something. It's like, it's getting yeah. hefty. Like, I remember I used to go there with like two toonies. I'm like, yeah, I three, mean, three junior chickens, please. Yeah, fuck. You know what? That's the thing is that McDonald's, it, this is the real appeal of McDonald's. It's cheap. Which not really that much anymore, mm-hmm. and it's available late at night. Which is that's not even appeal. It's just like that's not the appeal version. But <laughs> it's just like, oh, you want food? Okay, McDonald's. Have fun. Eat that. Uh, either that, or you get some chur- or not some churros. Get some taquitos. There's Seven Eleven. Some pizza. Sometimes when I'm when I hit, there's a new pizzeria in town. <laughs> and it's Seven Eleven, baby. The other day I went to Seven Eleven with um, Jeremy. Our buddy Jeremy, and I looked at the hot dog, and I was like, oh, that doesn't look fine. And I asked the guy, like, how long would it take you to make a hot dog? He's like, you can have that one. I'm like, are you sure? And he was like, yep. And I was like, okay. I paid for it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we don't have any condiments. And I was like... Like a plain I, dog? I was like, I would have really appreciated it if you would have told me that sooner before I paid for it. And he was like... Yeah, I was like, yeah. How's the dog? And then he was like, I can put some cheese on it. Nice. I was like, well, that's what I always used to do. So I was like, yeah, sure. And and then he was like, here, one second. He grabbed like some ketchup and mustard packs. I'm like, good enough, thanks. I was eating it. I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be eating this. <laughs> like, I really don't trust this. So I just threw it out. It was the biggest waste of money. Every time you go to 7-Eleven, you look at the dog. You're like, oh, is that still good? And I'm like, no, man, just skip the dog every time. It's Cold never fresh. The dog. I would go there, get this nice juicy dog, cheese, ketchup, onions. Oh my god! They don't even have the condiment nope. stand up, nope. so it's not even. There's no point yeah. in getting the dog unless like you really like hot dogs. Yeah. Just get taquito. I I got a dog from Junior's the other day, and pretty good. It's just like a, a thick hot dog, chili, pickles onions uh, and maybe mustard so kind of like a it's a pungent dog yeah i got that with the, a poutine and a drink uh, it filled, filled me right up that was my breakfast gonna have to try i haven't tried junior's dogs yet but chili's kind of suck but chili dogs are they're sublime they're the right way to do hot dogs i you know i can't really do the ketchup mustard hot dog like you know so plain it's a little plain, yeah. you know, like imagine, I mean, you can eat a bird. I mean, like if I have to eat it, I'll eat it. But, uh, you know, you need a little bit more. It's like seeing grown ass men, like just get a hot dog and put ketchup on it. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, if you want some mustard, ew, no. Oh, wow. That's a bad look. If you refuse mustard because it's gross, what yep. do you know? You have to go, right? I have to go in like 10 minutes. Let's end the show. Um, so yeah, next week the thing and then after that Halloween and then we'll go from there.
And then that I guess that's the end of the month of the horror month. I mean, uh, so many cult movies are horror movies, so we're gonna do. We'll do more. We'll, we'll do more. The, but this is the end of the streak. Yeah. After two weeks from now. Just like May, we had a sci-fi streak. Doesn't yeah. mean we can't do uh, Metropolis. Yeah, we could do it. Yeah, we could. Should we do a Christmas month? There's not enough cult Christmas films. I want to do. I want to do cult Christmas month. Um, sprinkling in some like cop stuff like Elf. I'm sure Elf is just straight up a cult film. I'll. I'll. Yeah. I'll say that one. A Christmas stage. tale. Yeah. Oh, you like a Christmas, Christmas story? story? Yeah. yeah. Um, original short Grinch. Yeah. Uh, the I love. I I think you don't like it, but I the Rudolph. I don't mind it. Like the original um, stop motion stuff. Mm-hmm. I I like some of the Rankin Bass like stop motion Christmas stuff. Like Rudolph, <laughs> Rudolph as a kid and like still now, always kind of like pissed me off as like kind of an annoying like my like, nose. There's just something about that that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But mm-hmm. there's other stuff I like, like the Santa Claus stuff or the Isle of Toys. That's in Rudolph. The Isle of Misfit Toys. That has its own. Thing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does have its own thing. They made, like, later, like, in the 2000s, they made later, like, sequels to this, some of this stuff. Okay. Um, I like uh, the original stuff, though. It's pretty decent. Charlie Brown Christmas? Yeah, we'll throw that on there. Maybe we'll did do, like... Did we do that? Or did we just watch that together? We for sure watched that. I don't think we reviewed it. We didn't review it. That one is, um... That one's, like, a t- half-hour television special, so maybe we'll combine that with Grinch, maybe throw in another special, and that can be a uh frosty frosty is a good one it's also like the killer frosty movie i forget what it's called we could do that oh yeah yeah, yeah. is it uh it's not i'm no jack frost is the one where michael keaton i think yeah to just still man that movie also pissed me off when i was a kid just didn't like it how the fuck you turn into a snowman turn into a snowman looks ugly like stupid this the story how many movies do is there where it's like the dad wasn't there for his son, except when something happened, he became a good father. Is it all child of ch- children of divorce, like writing and directing these yeah. movies where their dad is neglecting them? Yeah. I feel bad. Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, that would hit. That would be hit. Um, have you last thing in the one to show? Did you ever see? The Red Letter Media episode where they had the guy who wrote Chronicle on. Oh, Max Landis? Oh, yeah. I know all about Max Landis, yeah. And he's a rapist? Yeah. Allegedly? Yes. Dude, did he's you... been canceled, unfortunately. Yeah. Did you watch that episode of him on Red Letter Media? Um, I think I saw some of it. I've seen a lot of stuff with Max Landis because um, I, I used to watch... At the time when he was like on movie YouTube all the time, I was watching all those channels like Screen Junkies. Um, I know his things tend to be kind of awkward because he's a strange man. But why is that awkward? It's so awkward. Well, they I they preface that show because they like shit talk him, right? And they're yeah, like, this guy's an idiot, and also his movie sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then they have him on, and there's a couple times where RLM, and I give them credit for that. They have people that they shit talked on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, we won't add Shatner to that list, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so fucking dumb. <laughs> ah, this is dumb, dumb as shit. Up. 
I want Shatner to apologize to them. He won't. He well, number one, he's like a narcissist, and, number, and also he's gonna die in like the next week. Any week, he's gonna croak, <laughs> man. He's fat as hell. He's like ninety something. He looks like a toad, and like all he does is just like say 4chan shit posts on his Twitter, man. Like, grow up. You're this 90, guy's... 90 years old, and you haven't grown up, man. This guy's, uh... He's chill. He's chill. He's chill. He's chill. All right. That's the end. See ya. See ya.